Driving IoT requires hardware that scales, but is approachable. Today, we're talking with Arm, who power many of the devices we already use and are building out the IoT landscape. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. Comscope, thinking beyond today's technology to help you make the best decision for your network and your business. Welcome back to IoT Innovation. Our guest today is Ian Ferguson, Vice President of Segment Marketing at Arm. Based in Silicon Valley, Ian's been working with Arm for quite a long time. Um, forgive the background noise a little bit, but the reality of IoT and wireless in general is everyone's traveling all the time. So I'm speaking today from Dallas, and Ian's in an airport in Las Vegas. So, so welcome, Ian, and maybe let's start a little bit with your view of IoT from a hardware perspective. Yeah, uh, greetings from Vegas. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think on IoT, everyone's talking about it, right? And um, I'm a simple guy. I think about it as a, an IoT device, as a, a connected thing that's designed to form, it gathers some form of intelligence and share that across a network, right? And so you're going to have three elements of that, sensing, processing, connectivity. Um, so yes, it's wearables, but it's also lighting systems, detection of empty parking spaces in a city, uh, surveillance camera in a home. Uh, and if you think about it inside the hardware, up to this point, it's been sort of separate chips. Um, so you'll have a separate chip for the sensing, the processing, the connectivity. But as, as market, this market takes off, you'll see a lot more integration of those functions into a single chip probably um, to really improve power, form factor, and cost. Okay. Yeah, that, that's great. So, I mean, you know, one of the thoughts I had in talking with you from Arm is that people will think of Arm as, as very much a hardware-focused company. So... One of the things I'm seeing with, with uh, IoT is the user experience is, is being fairly easily forgotten. Um, right. and, and so, you know, one of the things I'd like to, to get your thoughts on is how easy are these devices to use and, and what's the, the best kind of device experience that you're seeing and, and how that translates to the world of IoT? Right, so a couple of questions in there. So if, if you think about the software side, um, you're right, Arm is thought about as being an English company building IP and licensing that technology, right? Um, but fundamentally, if, if that technology doesn't have any software to run on it, it's going to be useless. And so, um, you know, we've been very involved with, um, you know, the Arduino community, the Raspberry Pi community, the sort of get, get things built quickly uh, kind of groups. Um, and we're extending that to try and actually provide more complete um, software stacks that are going to run on these small on these small microcontrollers um so you know one of the one of the great things about arm i would say is that people can do anything with our ip um one of the challenging things with our ip is that they can do anything with it so we're trying to provide this sort of software layer on top that really provides a consistent view up into the cloud and um, allow people to really focus on their areas of value add um, on the user experience, I think the first generation people just basically took um, what had worked in phones and what had worked in other places and jammed it down onto somebody's wrist. Um, and I, I think that's not going to work. Um, 
you know, we are both English. Um, you know, there's the, the always these challenges of uh, maybe we need subtitles or something. But uh, um, I do think actually a voice recognition could be a great thing at, at some point. Um, but I, I think if you're on a or something on a wrist, um, you know, a, sh a shake of the hand, um, or other simple buttons are going to be the, the right thing to do for the vast majority of those things. If you have a, a more complex display, then you're going to have some other functionality. Um, but if you look at these other more simple devices, you've really got to tailor that experience to that use case, really. Right. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I mean, I think there's a lot of experimentation going on in the way devices are being used, but I, I really am not not sure that we're above the noise yet in that in that regard. Um, yeah, and, and and I think on that, I think it's important to say that that is one of the new things, right? Now we've got all this crowdfunding. People can try stuff really quickly. Right. Um, you don't have to wait for the longer cycle of a of a, a smartphone design and find out whether you whether you're there. You can try, and and I do think that the industry will get better, um, but it's got some way to go. Yeah, so so that brings up an interesting point, actually. I mean, one of the things that, that you comment on in terms of Kickstarter and the like is the barrier to entry has dropped a lot in terms of testing out new ideas. Um, you know, one of the things I've been I've been watching with Arm and, and we've we've talked about before somewhat is is the kind of the platform approach, both the hardware and software platform approach. And I think what what I like about that that idea is this makes it quite a bit easier to get devices to actually start working. Um, right. You know, how does that line up with some of the other things that you've been doing at Arm and what you've seen in the industry? Right. Well, thank you for your kind words. Um, you know, I, th I think we are, like I said earlier, you, you know, the, the great thing with Arm technology is you can do anything. Challenging thing is uh, you can do anything. And so um, we really, you know, the innovation isn't going to be the, the, the gathering the little bit of sensing information on the device. It's going to be what you do with all this data. Um, and and and, uh, and other things on the device like a uh, user experience and things like that. It's not the basic mechanics of getting information from uh, the, the the biomechanical sensor or the light or whatever it is. So that's what we're trying to do. Um, we believe in IP. Um, so we we've been you know IPv6 and look at how we extend that out onto really small microcontrollers. Right. Clearly, you're not going to run a full TCP/IP stack on. Um, uh, you know, a small microcontroller running at a few megahertz because if you do, the power is going to be terrible. Um, so we've been looking at how these, you know, constrained application protocol, how you know, the right sets of things that gives you an IPv6 all the way to the edge of the microcontrollers, um, sorry, to devices based on the microcontrollers, and then wrapping up software around that that provides um, connectivity all the way up into the cloud, and then people can do stuff with the data. That's a it's a project we've been calling Embed. Um, uh, we've got a number of our semiconductor partners involved in it. And so if they get a compatible platform using their technology, that's going to allow all of these innovators to work in a very standard way, whether it's an Atmel part, a Scilabs part, a MediaTek part, whatever it might be. If it's running those software things, you know, you're know, you going to have the data coming up in a very consistent way. We're taking care of security. Um, you know, We're doing a lot of things focused on things like TLS and and so really try to provide all those base building blocks so people can work on other areas of the of the value chain. Okay. Yeah, that, that's that's really good. I mean, as you mentioned earlier, I mean, Arm, Arm have been a, a, in the space and very active in this space for a long time globally. Um, so so picking up on the fact that we're both traveling this week again. Um, yeah. 
one of the things that, that, that I've asked a couple of other guests is what, do, what are they seeing as really interesting and novel applications um, that have not yet filtered into the US? So what, what have you seen on your travels? Maybe not this week, but other, other travels. <laughs> well, well, firstly, I am here in Vegas on business. On okay, business. glad to hear um, <laughs> so, so probably the wackiest one is sort of like out of the, the consumer area, but uh, off the coast of uh, uh, Korea, there's an eel farm where they're actually connecting up um, uh, these, these cages. So they're me measuring oxygen levels and things like that for um, the water. Um, and and you, hopefully some of your, your listeners and readers, uh, viewers will say, oh, actually, there's, a Korea far uh, there's an eel farm off the coast of Florida or something. But, but that one is, is, uh, is kind of interesting. And I, I think generally agriculture is a very interesting category. Um, monitoring the location and health of, you know, precious um, uh, cattle and things like that. I, I've seen that in places like South America, in Europe. Um, uh, I'm sure it's coming to, coming to the U.S., but the experiences I've seen there is um, uh, it, it's it's been outside the U.S. My, one of my phrases, Chris, is just because it's connected uh, right. doesn't mean it's good. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I've seen connected toilets in Japan, for example. Um, I, I don't think that's going to be a big market. But um, in more seriousness, I, I think healthcare is one. As you, as you and I know, in, in the U.S., there's a lot of conformance and quite hard, high barriers to entry here in the U.S. for healthcare. Um, and so I'm seeing quite a lot of things going on in um, other parts of the world around healthcare where people are going to use their smartphone to take more control of um, knowledge about what's going on in their body right. um and so you for example in south africa where there's these townships where people are a long way away from um hospitals i've seen people with something that's basically a, an egg cup right. that fits into the microphone socket of a smartphone and for about five or six dollars that's giving information about your heart size and heart you know detecting early heart murmurs right. uh, with the accuracy of a probably a five thousand dollar um, machine that weighs 80 pounds and and I think that's the opportunity harnessing the, people thinking of the smartphone purely as a gateway right um, but I, I think there are much much more opportunities where instead of sending all the data up into the cloud you're going to use this really powerful thing in your hand and combine that with the wearable to deliver some valuable services yeah I think I think distributed computing is kind of an under underused uh, phrase in the IOT space at the moment I mean we've all got these devices in our hands that are more powerful than the computing that it took to launch the space shuttle or the Apollo missions and right. you know, so uploading all of that raw data doesn't make make sense to me either um, and also I think in in developing markets you know these these devices will probably be the only computers that are in uh, towns and cities or in the hands of users so I think there's there's a lot to do there in terms of um, local processing and local analysis. Yeah, I, I, think exact, I think you're exactly right. And I think the key thing for those markets is going to be designing for that use case, right? Um, you can't just take something that works in New York, like a high-end fashion braces and ship it over. Um, right. People are going to really have to understand the environment about what are the power constraints, cost constraints, bandwidth network constraints. And that's going to really lead to decisions on where do you do the processing, how much processing, and right. form factor and things like that. Yeah, and I think that you know your point on the design is, is spot on. I think the challenge with a lot of, of global companies is they're, they're global companies, but they're uh, locally held, locally headquartered, if you like. 
And the risk is that you end up with a local design for the market where they're headquartered that just does not translate to the, to the other parts of the world. Right. And that's, and that's one of the reasons I've, I've talked before about um, countries like India and, and, and various parts of sub-Saharan Africa, where there's business models and devices that are coming out that really it's difficult to understand how they make sense in our, in our lives and in our world but they absolutely do in their, their local market. And I see that being a, a big driver of new models uh, over yeah. a few years. Could I, could, I give you an could I give you an example of that? Yeah, please do. So uh, I know with this, there's some activity now in Africa where, um, and I'm not an expert on HIV, but my understanding is that the, the earlier you can be diagnosed as a, as a child, um, the better. Um, and in some parts of uh, Ghana, for example, it's taking about a year to, from actually getting the sample of, of the blood to getting it out to get tested and get it back to actually give the child the result. So they're actually using, uh, starting to explore using drones to actually fly the, um, the blood samples up. And, it, and to your point, it would make no sense if you're in Atlanta or New York or with me in San Jose or Vegas right now. But, but when you're there and it's taking a year to get a blood sample processed, yeah. Um, so, you know, how do you apply technology for good, really? That's just, just one example. Yeah, I, exactly. And I think that's, that's where it, um, IoT grows up and becomes uh, a lot more um, necessary in your life as opposed to a choice that you make about a fashion accessory or a device that you, that you basically leave in a drawer after a couple of weeks of use. Right. Um, you know, so, so and again, really, that's a, part, a lot of what we've been trying to do through this series is talk about how IoT is rising above the noise and how it's becoming much more ubiquitous is really connecting a range of sensors that give you information about things you care about um, rather than a specific tool or a specific device. Right. Um, so, so, so moving on and, and kind of starting to wrap things up a little bit, I mean, with, with um, ARMS activity in both hardware and software, how, to, how does that translate into your view of application communities because the, the challenge i've got with communities and developer um, activity is there's always an agenda whether it's uh, hard or soft whether it's subtle or or, or very very discreet or very clear um, what do you think about the different kind of competing communities that are out there developing both hard, uh, hardware and software for iot yeah great question we're trying to spend as much of our time on that as, as we can uh, you know the the joke there the great thing about standards is that there are so many of them right mm -hmm. and um, yes. I, I think there's um, you know a lot of work work still to go there right I think um, if you think of the original way uh, that IOT was uh, conceived it was anything talking to anything if you, if you right. go back to Kevin Ashton right and um, really at the moment everything is in somewhat siloed areas uh, yeah. and that's okay for initial deployments um, but if you think about it in a city, you, you are going to want the lighting system to actually communicate with the traffic system at some point. Um, or you're going to have something on the light uh, pole that's actually giving far more information than just controlling the light. It's going to be you know, weather information and surveillance information, traffic, et cetera. And so for that, it's going to need to plug into lots of different areas. Um, it, it's, it's a work in progress, to be honest, Chris. Um, you know, we've, we've been involved with, with the Thread uh, Consortium. We've got other partners that are looking at uh, OIC. Um, and, and I think we're seeing some of these standards bodies starting to line up um, some protocols and things. But it, it's going to be a journey. 
Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, standards don't drive an industry. An industry gets regulated after the fact. So it's, it's it, you know, we can't wait for the standards to drive things. I think they're pseudo or implied standards by some of the leading players. It's trying to make sure they're still um, neutral enough to be objective, I guess, in terms of the, the way that it drives the bus. So so just just to wrap up, I mean, you know, we're, we're all always uh, traveling around and, and uh, using these wireless devices ourselves. Um, you know, I, I love my toys. That's part of the reason I'm still playing with this industry. What, what about what about you? What what are the um, the gadgets that, that really uh, interest you or excite you or or or, or uh, frankly bore you maybe? In, in, in <laughs> well, um, I have to confess that I'm not much of a gadget freak actually. Um, really? Kind of, well, well, kind I, knew, of I knew there must be somebody in wireless that wasn't. <laughs> it's kind of kind of embarrassing actually um you know um i'm going for therapy and stuff um <laughs> but um so i obviously have a smartphone and and, and applications like Waze. you know the, the map product is, is part of my everyday life um you know i have tried the fitness products and like you said uh, i i use them for a little while and, and put them away but what i am excited about is the prospect of um the combination of smartphone technology and, and wearable technology around healthcare, I have to say. I, it's, uh, and I, there's some stuff that's coming that I'm very excited about. And that, I think that's, for me, things that are going to empower me to give me more information about my current health, like right now, as opposed to having to go and get weighed every, every few months for a survey, uh, for, you know, for a new thing at a, at a hospital or whatever. That's what I'm really excited. So I guess this, I say I'm... My exciting gadget hasn't yet turned up yet. Okay, okay. Well, maybe you send me an email when it shows up so we can talk about it some more. Sounds great. Great. Okay, Ian, thanks for taking some time during your schedule this week. Um, I very much appreciate you trying to find some space in an airport to have this conversation. No problem. Thanks, thanks for the opportunity. Thank you very much. All right, so today my guest was Ian Ferguson, uh, VP at Arm, and we've been talking about some of arms role in this space um, if you have uh, future guests and discussions that you'd like to have within this program please get in touch and look forward to speaking to you again next week thank you very much iot innovation is a production of rcr tv to reach chris Hare or suggest a show topic for iot innovation you can reach chris at cbh at ntete.com to find out more about IoT innovation and all things wireless, visit rcrwireless.com.